the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, um, church questions, anything and everything you need only to call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen, and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Hey, quick mem- uh, reminder, two things. One, tonight I'll be teaching out of 1 Kings chapter 17. We have just started in the life of Elijah, and it's fascinating. And this is one of those Bible studies. It's it's almost too tender for me personally um, to be comfortable teaching. We're going through exactly uh, this process right now uh, here at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio and, and, and me and our leadership here personally. So um, um, I trust that the Lord will, will show up tonight. And uh, I, I think that the teaching, I hope, will be a blessing to all. And then, of course, tomorrow, that's 7 o'clock, by the way. Um, you can watch it at calvarysa.com if you can't get here. And then uh, tomorrow, of course, Paula will be live in studio with me on the date day edition of the program. And let me say one other thing. Uh, Hindle, I want you to know uh, we have been praying for you. I uh, want to know that you're well. So if you get an opportunity and you're feeling um Send me an email and just let me know that you're okay. We are praying like crazy for you and for Mike. Okay, let's get to some questions and phone calls. we got Matthew from Cibolo on line one. Matthew, thanks for calling early. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you now, Matthew. Thank you. Okay, great. Yeah, no, I was just wanted to call because uh, we're, my wife and I have been listening to First uh, John and in the archives 2008 and uh you had mentioned talked about cotton candy christianity and we were just so delighted to hear um and it was just amazing but can you speak more about the cotton candy christianity i was just i was delighted to hear so i want to hear some more (laughs) yeah uh, i'll I'll do my best matthew now remember that was 2008 and i'm 100 years old now so uh, I don't remember the specific context of the Bible study, but, um, you know, we have a Christianity in our culture. And, and by the way, this should be expected. Uh, and the reason it should be expected is we know that in the end, the closer we get to the end, there's going to be a falling away 
from the truth. And cotton candy, if you um, have ever had it, uh, you put it in your mouth, it just sort of dissolves. Well, that's what Christianity is. We answer an altar call. Uh, we get goosebumps. Sometimes we cry. And then we go out the door and nothing at all changes. And I've often contended, Matthew, and, and this is more important than I can communicate to, to you in the audience. Um, if you've really met Jesus, you change. You cannot stay the same. If you've really met Jesus, you cannot take any joy in doing the things you know he hates when we do it. Uh, and yet in so many churches, we're so afraid of offending people or our motives are wrong. Maybe we just want to keep people in the seats and money coming in to the offering boxes. And it just shouldn't be that way. Our job as pastors is to preach the word. It's Jesus' word. It's his gospel. Over and over and over we're told that it's his gospel. And we don't have the right to soften it. We don't have the, the right to, to make it more palatable. Uh, our responsibility is to tell the truth, to tell the truth in love, and then let the Holy Spirit do whatever it is that he's going to do. And, of course, we know that he will do for good whatever the people let him do. And we've got such a, a, a Christian culture where we don't want to offend people. We don't want to make people uncomfortable. And uh, you know what? Jesus said that being a Christian is uncomfortable in the world. And so the focus is more on the things of this world. And Matthew, there's a whole lot of people who've made a profession of faith, and there's others telling them in spite of the way they're living their lives, um, there's a whole bunch of people telling them, that's okay, God knows your heart. And it's just not. One of the things that, that you can think about, just the questions that we've had in the last few days on this program, Friday last week, Monday, and, and yesterday, um, we we got people who say they love Jesus, they love serving Jesus, but they're involved in twisted sin. we got other people who say they're Christian, but they're telling their daughters to go have sex with somebody and don't get married. We don't have to do that anymore. And, and that's, that's just an example of the, the kind of Christianity that unfortunately is being peddled from, from way, way, way too many pulpits um, in uh, this day and age of Christianity in the United States. So, Matthew, I hope that's where you were going with this. But um, we, we've got to be more faithful. We who are responsible to teach the Word of God, we've got to be more faithful. Two things, and then I'll, I'll go on to the next question. The first is that the people coming to church need to hold us accountable. If the truth isn't being proclaimed, then the people need to vote with their feet. They need to leave that church. It's that simple. The, the faith and prosperity churches, the only good news churches, the, the oh, God loves you no matter what, uh, just the way you are, churches, um, those things simply cannot be permitted. And, uh, you know, we're, 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 we keep supporting the churches, the preachers, and we just shouldn't do it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, we we who are preachers, we need to have a fear of God reignited in our hearts because we simply cannot keep letting people know that holiness doesn't matter. We've got to tell them the truth, tell them the truth in love, and then we've got to trust Jesus enough to let the chips fall where they may. They may not be popular messages, but remember the Apostle Paul was chased out of every town he ever proclaimed Christ in. Jesus himself said they hated me, so they're going to hate you. So those are the things that we've got to, we've got to sort of own. And our responsibility is to declare the truth of Jesus Christ no matter what. Matthew, thanks for the call. I appreciate it very, very much. Here's a question from Tony. He says, uh, Pastor Ron, I feel like I'm constantly disappointing God and will not be rewarded in heaven. How can I be sure I will get some rewards? Well, Tony, the obvious answer is stop disappointing God if that's what you're doing. Now, I want to kind of play on that word for a moment because God's not ever disappointed. You know, we get disappointed when somebody doesn't meet our expectations. God doesn't have any expectations of us, Tony, because, well, he knows exactly what we're going to do. He knows who we are. 
So God is never caught off guard. He's never surprised by anything that we do. Rather than categorizing it as, as disappointing God, we need to be honest and say, I'm just being disobedient to God. Now, there's another possibility here, Tony. The possibility is you're not disappointing God at all, and the enemy is lying to you. Romans 8.1 says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Period. And we've got to realize that. So these messages that we get, if, if, if you're living in willful sin, Tony, um, God's not disappointed. His heart is broken. But you know then that you're opening the door for these kinds of feelings and for the condemnation of the enemy. But First John 1 John 1.9 takes care of that. If we confess our sins, and it's just not mouthing the sin, but that's agreeing with God that what we're doing is sin and agreeing with God that we need to stop. Then your sin is forgiven and he purifies you from all unrighteousness and instantly you're right back in the uh, the sweet spot. You're in that place where God's glory is being poured out upon you every single day. So the way to be sure you're going to get rewards in heaven is to be with Jesus today and then do it again tomorrow and do it again the next day. It's not something you have to strive for. It's not something that you have to, to, to hope that the standard is good enough. You do your best and you be with Jesus, if you're in fellowship with Jesus, then you know you're okay. You're in a good spot. And by the way, for Tony and everybody else, that's a really good way to counter the lies of the enemy. Uh, when, when, when he's trying to heap condemnation on me, I just, uh, out loud, I never talk to the devil, by the way. But, but out loud, I say, Jesus, I know where those thoughts are coming from. And I was with you yesterday, and I'm with you today, and I know that, that in your presence is the only safe place to be. And if I was guilty of those things that the enemy is lying to me about, then I wouldn't be able to come into your presence. So, uh, Tony, just be with Jesus. It, it, it's so simple, and we make it so complicated. Thank you for the question, Tony. I appreciate it. Here is an anonymous question. I've got a couple of anonymous questions here. Uh, he or she says, How is having joy possible in a world as messed up as ours? Uh, the answer is just what I told Tony, anonymous. Uh, the answer is just be with Jesus. Do you have the faith to believe what the Bible declares in his presence is the fullness of joy? If not, ask God to increase your faith. In his presence is the fullness of joy. If you think the Bible is lying, then we've got other issues. But here's what you do. You simply focus on Jesus instead of focusing on this world. And God will give your life meaning and purpose in this in, in this world. And, and typically that meaning and purpose is going to be that we have good news, the only true good news for the people in this world that are lost and miserable. We can tell them about Jesus, and that's our That's our job. So if we'll do that enough, if we'll do that, you're going to find that the Spirit of God will come upon you in power and you will have joy even when we're surrounded by all kinds of difficulties in this world. So apart from Christ, there's no joy. We're surrounded by filth. We're surrounded by a world that hates the one that we love. But when you... Report for duty every day to Jesus. He'll set up some divine appointments and he'll provide the opportunity for you to share what you're joyful about. And remember, this world is just as awful for, for people that don't know Christ. They, they try to pretend it's not, but it is. So you having joy is something that you really need to concentrate on. And again, that's just being with Jesus. It's not faking it till you make it. It's not trying to work up some sort of zeal. It's just being with Jesus. You know, when I'm on my own, uh, I have a tendency, my, my problem, Anonymous, is when I'm walking with the Lord and I'm praying, my mind wanders. And when my mind wanders, I, I'm pretty good now at catching myself or the Holy Spirit is is catching me very quickly. And I'll say, oh, Lord, I, I don't want to talk to this person or think about this problem. I want to be with you. I want to hear from you in these times. And when I get to that point, it's like the joy of the Lord comes back to me. 
So the only way it's possible to have joy is to be with Jesus. And you having the faith to believe what the Bible promises. Hope that helps you, Anonymous. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. If you are outside the local San Antonio area, 877-630-KSLR. Here is another anonymous question. This is problematic. Um, Pastor, how can I hear from God without using the Bible? Um, You can't. Now, if you know the word, you know the word, God will speak to your heart. Um, Almost everything that God says to me, he says in his word. Almost everything. But you see, 1 John 4 says that we're to test the spirits because not every spirit is from God. But the only way you can test the spirits when we think we're hearing voices, uh, the only way you can find out if that's the voice of God is by knowing the word because we've got to measure what we hear against the word of God. If it contradicts what the Bible says, then that's not from God. If it's consistent with what the Bible says, then we know it is from the Lord. And you know, I don't think I don't want anybody in this audience to think that the only way we're going to hear from God is with our Bibles open. But having our Bibles open and active in our hearts, um, that's the only way we can measure whether or not what we're hearing is from God. And First uh, John makes it clear there's a lot of spirits out there making a lot of noise, and it's our responsibility to be able to discern what is from the enemy or what is from our flesh, against that which is from the Lord. And the only way that we can know that is by knowing the Word. So, uh, again, it's just a percentage I'm making up. But 95 plus percent of the things that I hear from the Lord are, are when I'm in the Bible. Sometimes even speaks to me when I'm teaching the Bible, but it's the Word. But, but there's also those moments when God wants to just get you alone. And he wants to, to come really close. He wants to speak to your heart about something. Confirm something that he's been speaking to you about. Or correct something that he's been speaking to you about. Um, or give you direction. And I think, Anonymous, part of our problem is when we are looking for direction, what we're looking for is um, okay, Lord, what should I do? Where am I going to be in five years? Those kind of things. God will speak to us day by day. And at least in my life, 31 years walking with Jesus, um, um, he's not telling me with any clarity at all about the distant future. But if I get up and report for duty in the morning, He'll tell me exactly what I need to know. And you see, that way we lead by the Lord. Now, one troubling thing, I don't know why you would want to hear from God without using the Bible. I know a lot of Christians who do it because they don't want to read their Bible. They don't want to be convicted. And and it's sort of an easier, it's perceived as being an easier way to hear from God. Just go out and get goosebumps. And, okay, the Lord's been speaking in my heart. But that's not true. That's not true. We need to know the Word. We need to be committed to the Word. And I think, Anonymous, most of us will find that if we do that, God is going to be very, very chatty in the process. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Here is a question from Billy. Billy says, the Pope just announced that God will not condemn any Christians, even if they are LGBTQ. Can I have your thoughts? Billy, when I got the question, I looked uh, up uh, the the Pope's statement. And what he said, and he was asked this directly by uh, the LGBTQ media, um, he was asked, are gay Christians going to go to hell or are they going to be condemned? And his statement was that 
God is a father and he will not disown any of his children. Now, we know that that's true. And the way we know that it's true is because Jesus said that. Um, Jesus said, I haven't lost one that you've given me. Um, we're safe and we're secure in the hands of God. Here's the problem, Billy. Um, in order to be secure, you've got to be a Christian, a real believer, not a, a believer in word, a believer in life. And Billy, this this is why the Pope is so dangerous. Um, he just, speaking ex cathedra, he just changes the word of God. And what he's responsible to do is tell these people that they are not really Christians if they're living in that lifestyle, period. Now, he will be celebrated for this. And this will be thrown back in the faces of real Christians over and over and over. But, Billy, the Pope needs to get saved. The Pope needs to be born again. And for him to give people lifestyle that God says is an abomination to him. Now, now that's Old Testament, but God doesn't change. This kind of sexual perversion is an abomination to God. And to give people the freedom, a, a, a church leader giving people the freedom to sin in that lifestyle. Um, well, let's just say Jesus said it would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around your neck than, than to cause one of my little ones to stumble. And what we need to do, Billy, when the question is asked, is tell people that that uh, people who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. First Corinthians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 5. So, Billy, that's really, really important. And this is an antichrist, this, this pope. Um, and he's leading people astray. And he needs Jesus. This man needs Jesus now sufficiently angered a whole bunch of people. But the reality is... Uh, this is an evil man, and he's causing people to stumble. Uh, our response, Billy, would be, um, if you're really saved, you cannot live that kind of lifestyle, period. Um, end of statement. Three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls and questions. We're, I think, inside four minutes now for this half of the program. Um, Bobby says, I want to know what real difference does it make to believe in a particular rapture theory. Um, Bobby, I think sound doctrine is always important. Um, if, if we just don't care enough about it, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, I, I don't think we're being workmen rightly dividing the word of God. Um, the Bible says of itself, it's a lamp unto our feet. Uh, it gives us direction. It tells us how to live our lives. And the truth is, Billy, if if you are looking, I'm sorry, Bobby, uh, if you are looking for Jesus Christ uh, to come, you're going to live differently every day. You're going to make different choices and different decisions. So we need to make doctrinal positions based on God's character. I've said this so many times in answer to rapture questions on this program. Is it possible for a righteous, just, and holy God to pour out his wrath? That's his anger. If you go to Revelation chapter 6, when the great tribulation actually begins in the Bible, I think it's verse 10, it says, this is the wrath of God, the wrath of the Lamb. Is it possible that God could pour out his wrath on those of us who are positionally perfect in Christ, because God's wrath was already poured out on Jesus. Good news. Look at first. I'm sorry, Genesis 18 and 19. Is it possible that the righteous judge of all the earth would judge the innocent with the guilty, the righteous with the wicked? And the answer, of course, to that question is no. So, Bobby, it makes a huge difference. And again, I think practically the biggest difference it makes is that it. Um, uh, it, it governs sort of the, the choices we make about the way we live our life. If Jesus is coming back and he could come back tonight, 
Uh, I want to be ready for him. Jesus told a parable, a wicked lazy servant says, my master delays his coming. If you believe that the master is delaying his coming, if he's going to come at the end of the great tribulation or he's going to come in the middle of the great tribulation, well, then you're not looking for Jesus. You're actually looking for the Antichrist. And this is such an easy discussion. I know people get twisted over it because there's there's you know so much information on the Internet and, well, I believe this and they believe this. And then there's people who kind of take your position, Bobby. Well, you know, I actually heard the pastor say, uh, I believe in the pan theory. It's all going to pan out in the end. That's lazy scholarship. So who is Jesus? Is he consistent with his word? Pray, Jesus said, that you would be counted worthy to escape this horror that is going to come on the earth. Well, how can we escape? We can escape by being declared righteous in his sight by the blood of Jesus Christ. So, Bobby, it's very important uh, it, it, it changes the decisions that we make, the choices we make about how to live our lives. And believe me, if you're looking for the return of Jesus at any moment, you're going to live a life that honors him. We've got 30 minutes left in the Wednesday show, 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Uh, this is the word to stand on for life. I'll be back in two minutes. back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the program we have 30 minutes for your questions 340-9585 let's go to line one and talk with ron from san antonio ron thanks for calling you're on the air you're quite welcome, and thank you, Pastor Paul. I'm the one that um, you thought I called you, Pastor Paula last week. I actually called you, Pastor um, <laughs> Paul. Um, it's Pastor Ron. See, there I go again. Because you, I always yeah. think of, of, of the Apostle Paul when I hear you. I, I can't <laughs> help it; it just happens. And then, I, for some reason, you turn into Paul. And when I called you, Paul, Pastor Paul, last week, I actually. <laughs> Now, I knew it wasn't Paula. You thought maybe it was Paula because you had your wife on that day. God bless her. She's so sweet. I love to hear her well, laugh and her word. You're a blessed man. You are truly a blessed man. But um, I am, Ron. Thank you it. very much. And you know what? I'll, t- I'll take that as a compliment. I, I have been influenced by the Apostle Paul so much that I hope I sound like him a whole bunch. You but do. I'm not, I'm not like him. Well, thank you, Ron. I know. What's up? I know. Good. Well, sir, um, two two messages here. I heard something. Um, I'll get to the heart of the matter in just a moment, but I heard something yesterday. I just wanted to share it with you. It was so simple, so simple a statement. It came from a Christian pastor, and he literally said something we know, but when I heard him say it in such a succinct, short little sentence, which was, a salvation cannot be achieved, it is received. I thought, Wow. That, that mm-hmm. sums it up in one little sentence. It can't be achieved. It, only it, it It's received. And I thought that's that's what yeah. you try to get across every day and every good yeah. man of God and pastor that, is, is relayed. That, that's that good. It take, takes, a lot of pr- takes a lot of pressure off when we really understand that. Yes, absolutely. And I was listening. Uh, I get off at three, so you're one of the highlights of my afternoon. When I come home, I love to. I love to hear you and Mama Paula. And you said something just a minute ago that, as they say, some people would say, I'm sure you took a lot of people aback. You said something that was so powerful. I couldn't believe you said it, but you said it. I've been, I've always been, uh, I love you as a brother and proud of the how you get your word out. But when you said that the Pope, and I was like, what? what did I just hear that? Because I remember when I, one Google over the pulpit one time. I remember when he came here years ago. Uh, he had a, uh, they had a big to do. It's when he visited. I couldn't get anybody to go with me. I hadn't given my life to Christ at that point. I knew Jesus Christ, but I hadn't given my life to Christ. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I just had him in my brain and not in my heart and my 
and my deeds. And I just remember that there was a big, massive windstorm that came up, and it blew this big, beautiful uh, stage down that they had prepared for the Pope. It blew it to, I mean, <laughs> um, it, to smithereens. And so they had all these yeah. little tiny Catholic children from parochial schools come from all around like little work for hands. And I got to hand it to them. They used pastel colors and cutouts and, 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 and styrofoam and this, that, and the other, and they made a nice, beautiful little makeshift stage for him, and I remember I was part of it. I took a picture of him, and I, I had to park at McCreelis Mall, and I took a bus to the what is what is now SeaWorld. It was, and uh, there was throngs of people, of course, that went to go see him, and um, he was, in, towards the end, he was in his, making a round in his papal mobile, and I got a picture of him, and I, I didn't, at that time, I had no idea who the Pope was. I just thought he was what everybody told me to believe and needed to believe, and that's where it ended. But um, I, I know that uh, when you said that um, the gentleman that called with the, the papal questions and then you're, when you came out and said that um, he's not only leading people astray, that his heart is, is essentially evil because he's making people feel comfortable with sin, he's making them feel okay with sin, he's exonerating sin, and yes, you're right, God did come for the sinner. But we can't... That's why even when I was a teenager, I, I used to turn my stomach when I would see Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras because, I mean, who loves, I, sure, I like a good parade, just like you and, and, and festivities, but they would, they were like relishing their their lifestyle, parading it with posters and with faces that were painted and, and masks that were strange and, and, and horrible looking to me. And that's how some live. They, they parade their sin. And the Pope is pretty much doing the Mardi Gras thing, which is saying you could parade your sin and you're you're going to be okay because yes, of course God loves us, but He wants us to. Um, we've got to confess all that, then we got to re- repent of all that, then we got to. And when you said that He was evil, I I have to tell you, uh, Pastor Rod, that was the first time in my life, even my uh, life now that I have given to Jesus Christ, that I've heard anyone say that. I, I respect you for saying that because I know that um, you made friends and you made, you know, maybe not, you made enemies. And <laughs> they have yet to change their mind and their heart, but that was a powerful statement. I've heard people go around that and talk about the Pope. I've even heard that the Pope changed the Lord's Prayer. I don't know whether that's true or not, that he changed it. And he added and subtracted and he created a whole new Lord's Prayer. I just know that this is Catholicism is not the way to go. Uh, you've made that quite yeah. clear. So, but thank you for uh, for being so brave and putting people uh, at with, at notice with this man because he's just that a man that's professing a a gospel that that's detrimental. And I just my hats off yeah. to you. God bless you for for putting it straight thank and you, leading man. your your flock in the right thank direction, you. Pastor. Thank you very much. You know, uh, I, the, the Pope is is Antichrist. He's not the Antichrist, but he's Antichrist. And uh, I think in these last days, we got to tell people the truth. Ron, I appreciate it very, very much. Let's go to Cindy on line three. Cindy, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ron. I, hi, um, Cindy. Hi. You know what? I've been thinking about the uh, servants at the wedding uh, in, when, when Jesus turned the wine the water to wine, and we don't know a lot about the servants. We don't know if they knew anything about Jesus or who he was or, you know, or anything like that. And I'm thinking I was putting myself in their position to where I filled up this jug with water, and now this man is asking me to take this water, and it's in a cup, and I'm supposed to go and give it to the host of the wedding, and I'm not allowed to get a sip or, you know, a few slurps before I take it to him, so I have no idea, you know, what's going on. I was just thinking about, you know, how they how they felt about it, and, and I was correlating that with when God tells us to do something, how how scary it is at, at times. And, um, and I just wanted you to kind of talk about that because I... Um, I don't know, you know, that they, they I don't know how much they knew who 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 the Lord was and I think that in my own life 
when he's asking me to do something, and I know who he is. I know he can do anything, and I'm still scared. So I, I just yeah. was kind of what I was thinking about. So I'm going to get off the phone and listen to you. Thank you, Cindy. Cindy, the 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 the, the people who were the the the, the banquet masters, um, they knew what he had done. Uh, they were there and they watched it, and the banquet master even sampled it. And and before he would have put it out, that would have been something he was responsible to do. So this was sort of like um, him um, uh, announcing himself. He didn't know he was going to do it. Um, Mary said, "This is listen to him, do what he tells you to do. And the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, now is the time. And so that was sort of the inauguration of his ministry. And uh, I think the beauty of the, the, the miracle was that nobody knew what had happened in the wedding party. It was only known to the servants. It was only known to those who were behind the scenes. And it was Jesus just saying, you know, I'm bringing new wine, a whole new wine, and the new wine is going to be better than the old wine. Thank you, Cindy. I appreciate it very, very much. We've got Scott from Von Army back online on the line. Scott, thanks for calling back. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ron. Hope you're having a good day. Can you hear me now? I am, Scott. Thank you. Okay. I don't know what happened earlier. Um, my question for you today is in Matthew chapter 24 and uh, verse 30. Um, we had a little bit of a discussion of this in our Bible study last week, and the sign that it speaks there, do we know exactly what that sign is. Um, I was kind of using the previous verse about the, the of course, the sun and the moon being blotted out or darkened as possibly the sign could be the light of Christ. But I was just wondering if there's an actual sign that we should, that, that it's mentioning there. Yeah, thank you, Scott. I, uh, this is, I think the, the confusion we get is Jesus is talking here about these signs, remember, this is the Olivet Discourse, uh, Mark 13, Luke 21, and Matthew 24, and the first part of 25. Um, th- this describes the things that are going to be happening during the Great Tribulation. This isn't signs that you and I are to be looking for. Um, this is the Great Tribulation uh, in the verses just before verse 30. Uh, it says, immediately after the distress of those days, and those are the days when, when God's wrath is going to be poured out, it says, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and he is actually the sign himself, Scott. Uh, he's going to come, you can go to Zechariah chapter 12 and 14, and he's going to appear in the sky. He's going to appear. The whole world, Jesus says, is going to see uh, his appearing. And he's actually the sign himself, the sign that judgment is coming, the sign that order is going to be restored. So um, uh, for those people who are living during the Great Tribulation, uh, when we see uh, the moon not give its light and the stars falling from the sky, the sun darkened uh, and the heavenly bodies shaken, um, then the very next thing that is going to be visible is Jesus himself appearing in the sky uh, as he comes to judge the nations of the world. That's why it says uh, all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And the idea there is they're going to know that they're going to be judged. And that's exactly what's going to happen. In fact, in Israel, Zechariah tells us two-thirds of the Jews are going to reject him. One-third, God always has a remnant, one-third who see him in the sky. They're going to look at those wounds and ask him, where did you get these wounds? And he's going to say, I got them in the house of my friends. And they're going to repent, and there's going to be mourning as never before. But Jesus himself is that sign. So, Scott, one of the things, whenever you're studying the Olivet Discourse, remember this is entirely Jewish in context. And those of us who will be raptured prior to all this happening, we needn't worry about these signs because these are signs that we will never see from here. Great question, Scott. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Richard on the line. He is on line four. Richard, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron. 
I just uh, wanted Hi, to Richard. call back. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. I uh, wanted to call back. I uh, spoke to you the other day about my wife, Brandy, that's in the yes. hospital with uh, cancer. And um, I appreciated what you had to say. And I appreciate the fact that um, one of your... Uh, one of the people there at your church came by, and her name yes. was Phyllis. And uh, yes. I was I was just floored that someone just came by, you know, out of the blue. And I really, really appreciated her uh, her prayers. I wasn't here; I was still at home. Today's my first day back in twelve days. Yeah, I heard, I, I heard you were doing better, Richard. Are you, you're doing better physically now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's why I'm. Okay, that's why good. I'm here at the hospital. You know, I, I spent I spent sixty eight days and nights here, and because uh, I didn't want my wife to die by herself. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Those twelve days I wasn't here, but my daughter oh. came in and she stayed. But I just, I just wanted to tell you that I thank you, uh, and I appreciate what your people, what people are doing, and and, and I appreciate this this radio, uh, and I'll be listening again and here again. I, you know, I'm so thankful that I get this type of support because that's what that's what my wife needs. She needs support. And support of the Lord Jesus in His words, and the words that, like my daughter said, that Phyllis spoke, we were very moved. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. My my pleasure, Richard. And, and we a lot of people praying for you and for Brandy and Cookie um, daily. So uh, just keep us informed how everybody's doing. God bless you, man. I appreciate it very very much. Let's go to San Antonio and speak with Matthew online too. Matthew, thank you for holding. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron. No, it's my pleasure. Um, long-time caller and listener. Um, I just I, I don't I, I don't want to sound complicated, so I'm going to try to be direct and to the point. Um, I just uh, would number one would like to have for you all to pray for me um, because I I constantly almost on a daily basis uh, deal deal with uh, what what Paul says where you know I do the things that I, I'm not supposed to do and I yeah. and you know what I'm talking about um, yes but I, I just I, I constantly constantly deal with the notion or the fact of, um, that I don't know it, it's just um, like God cut you know like cuts you off or not not you but cuts me off and um and i just i I remember i asked you a while back about about this and i just kind of need a i just need a refresher from you because you're honestly you're you're very genuine and i'm i'm trying i'm holding back tears because um you just you just have this so just genuine heart pastor on and i just that I just, uh, you know, my, my, my heart, I, I cry and I just, because it's just, uh, I, I can definitely feel the Holy Spirit counsel me through you and it just, um, it's so refreshing. So I just, I, I, I really need, um, uh, direction and guidance and prayer for this because I've been dealing with this for a very long time thinking that, that I'm, I'm cut off and then yeah, God doesn't want nothing to do with me anymore because I've, I've, I've like done enough and that's it kind of thing. And I, I really want to do for the Lord and to, to, uh, have that hunger and need and, and transformation. I just, I just really want that transformation from my heart, my mind, my mind and, and things like that. And I've just been dealing with this for so, so, so long. And I just, it just gets so exhausting, you know, and I, I pray, pray in the same prayer over and over and over and over again, and I know it's not my time, it's his time, but Pastor Ron, when do you just say, wow, you know, I, I just, I put my hands up and surrender, like, what, 
what else do I do? You know, and um, I'll 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 take the answer uh, off the air. But again, thank you for your genuinosity and and God bless you so much, Ron. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matthew. I'm sorry you're going through. Uh, the, the kind of thing. But these are normal things. Even the Apostle Paul, as you mentioned from Romans chapter 7, goes through those things. And I think two things, Matthew, your heart, uh, you poured your heart out, and that's the heart before the Lord. And and this is the work that the Holy Spirit's doing. He's getting you to the place where you're, you're, you're physically and emotionally exhausted, you know, of the highs and the lows in your walk. And Jesus basically right now, Matthew, is, is holding his hand out to you and saying, how about you just take my hand and follow me? You know, one of the things that we forget as Christians, now, we have a lot of help, bad teaching, uh, the enemy who wants to pound us. It's one of the reasons Paul says we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Not work for it, that's free, but work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Um, too many of us, we think that it depends on us. Uh, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And I think when you said, I'm just ready to surrender, I think you could probably hear, and I'm just talking figuratively, but but it's almost like Jesus could take a deep breath, like, finally, you're going to let me do this work. And um, Matthew, everybody who tries to please the Lord in their own strength is going to come up short. Our flesh cannot be satisfied our flesh can't be killed except by the power of the Spirit. And one of the things that we find ourselves doing continually is is I'm striving to please the Lord. And all you got to do to please God is be with him. Get up in the morning and report for duty. Just those, just that thing, Matthew. And uh, all the pressure comes off. Um, I know this sounds so simple, but when I say just be with Jesus, that's all we have to do. And then he's the one who's leading and guiding instead of us trying to, to, um, to wrestle, uh, to strive. Um, instead of doing it in our own strength, uh, we do it in the power of the Lord. The power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, Matthew. And if you'll let him do it, if you'll just access that source of power by faith every day and you walk with Jesus, then you're going to find those highs and lows really level out in your life. And you're going to find rest. You're going to find rest. Let me, Matthew, uh, recommend the Bible study that I just did this past Sunday. It's at calvaryessay.com. Listen to it. Uh, It's a study that's very direct, but it just sort of gives us an idea of what it means to really walk with Jesus. Thank you, Matthew. I've got two questions that have just come in I want to read before uh, we go off. We've got uh, four minutes left. This is anonymous from our mobile app. Uh, He or she says, at the top of the show, you said, referring to teaching tonight, I hope the Lord will show up. What do you mean by that? I mean no disrespect. The statement just caught me off guard. Anonymous, I was probably being a little careless with my words. Uh, Jesus always shows up. But really what I was saying, because it was so personal, I said that this is a study that that is so personal and, and so now for us here at Calvary Chapel and me in particular that uh, basically what I was saying is I hope I don't blow it. So I, I didn't mean to be careless with my words. Um, it was just, just me. Probably I shouldn't have said it, but um, I, I, what I, hope, I hope I don't blow it. God has a message for us tonight, and, and I hope that I am um, in the Spirit and, and doing what he wants. So that's what I meant, and um, I'm sorry if it was offensive at all. Here's the other question, and this one is just an absolute thrill for me. Uh, this is from Anonymous from our email inbox. And he says, Pastor Ron, this is the guy who said I was involved with Twisted Sin. After your answer, I was greatly offended. But after being upset, I realized you were right. I realized that I was not saved at all. Even though I claimed to love the Lord, I realized I didn't. Otherwise, I would not be in that sin. I repented and gave my heart to the Lord. I've been the Bible Uh, I've been in the Bible since I repented and read through Romans. The Holy Spirit showed me my real need for Jesus, his love, his gift of grace, and a bit more. I'm still struggling with the sin, but I know now that I want to honor the Lord. I'm praying that I grow to hate the sin as much as he does. I'm praying that I won't sin. 
Um, I ask that you pray for me. Certain things are coming up, which will make the sin easy to do. But I want to please the Lord. I thank you for your harsh but necessary words. I listen to more of uh, your other pastor studies from your website. I listen to Pastor May, uh, Pastor Matt, Pastor Will, Pastor Chris, and Pastor Ken. I just want to say thank you for your church and your pastors. And then he says, please pray for me. Um, th- th- this is a, a, a big shout out to being direct. I, I don't think I was harsh. I'm direct. But I work really, really hard. I never even raise my voice, even when I'm preaching. I never raise my voice. Um, but but we, we, when, when people who the Holy Spirit is working on are told the truth, they respond. And this is exactly what you did. I'm so proud of you um, to, to, to come face to face with, with the fact that you're, you've been kidding yourselves. You've been deceiving yourself. And now you want to be right with God. This says so very, very much about your heart. And today, all things become new. So here's the thing. When you have the opportunity to sin, you're going to be with Jesus. And instead, not like the old you who, who would give in to that sin, now you're going to say, Jesus, I want to stay with you. I, I don't want to have to send you out of the room while I commit whatever that sin is. And, and, and Jesus, I just love you. I just love you and I want to be with you. You now have the power to fight the sin, the power that you didn't have before. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and he will deliver you. Thank you for the, the comment. Hey, First Kings 17 tonight at Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. And Paula will be live with me on the date day edition of the show tomorrow. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I'll be back tomorrow on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The word to stand on for life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. 